First and ten, so get on your feet and let the game begin. Cause here we go again. I don't know how they did it. I still don't know how they did it. We are about three hours post mortem here on Sunday evening. It's about 7:20, and the Browns beat the best team in the league today. Yeah. They did. Without their best offensive lineman. Without their all-pro running back, who they haven't had since week two. So, whatever. But still without them. Without their quote-unquote franchise quarterback. In fact, they won this game playing with a quarterback that they had to elevate off the practice squad. One thing if you have to do that with a receiver, a running back, a linebacker. The Browns won a football game today against the best team in the league thus far with a practice squad quarterback. That's unbelievable. Un-freaking believable. 1917. The Browns win. Moved to three and two on the season. A game that, you know, me especially, has tried to downplay, saying, oh, it's an NFC game. If we lose, it doesn't matter with playoff tiebreakers. So, you know, I was already, you know, I almost, I said I wrote it in in pencil. I. The way I was talking, I should have said I was writing it in pen that the Browns are going to be 2-3 and three on Sunday. It's a good thing I only use pencil. Yeah. Because you can erase pencil. Because the Browns shut me up and shut a lot of people up. I know shut you up, too. We both mm. gave the Browns 9.5 points and thought we were still going to end up making Didn't money. even give it a second thought. Well, like, was- I, I, was, I, didn't, I didn't bet it as part of our uh, picks. Uh, Section, although all the goodwill I've built up the first quarter of the season, I completely have given back today. You were 14 and 6 the first four well, weeks, but today has not been good. I think I'm 0 and 4 right now with one still out there. Oof. Yeah. So it's hey. the Eagles. I might go over because I have the Eagles minus 6.5. They're only winning by two. Yeah. Well, well, we don't need to dwell on the negative. This is an unbelievable event that took place today at Brown Stadium. Boy, I'll tell you what. This game, and again, 
I don't know if it's because I was trying to tell, trying to tell, you know, lessen the blow, I guess, be, what, of what I, th- I I thought was coming today by saying that it, in, in the grand scheme of things, this game really doesn't mean anything because it's an NFC game. Well, I'll tell you what, you go out and win this game, and now you're looking at, you know, maybe getting your quarterback back next week, pr- hopefully getting a couple other guys on the offense healthy and back next week. If you look at the schedule moving forward, they're not gimme games. Obvious, no gimme. There is no gimme game in the NFL, and especially well, if there the Browns. was a lesson to be learned today, it was definitely that. Well, sure, now. but especially with the Browns. <laughs> but if you look, Browns are three and two. Their next three games, especially, are incredibly winnable. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens. I mean, the trend of this season, though, for the Browns is win, lose, win, lose, win. So, yeah, you know. Which will portell in the tough week next week in Indianapolis, but we're not going to talk about that yet. Nope. I mean. We got to talk about this game today. Yeah. Listen. Outside of being completely shell-shocked against the Ravens because of Deshaun being ruled out about an hour and a half before kickoff. The Browns are going to be in every single game this season because that defense, and we've said it over the la- over the over this season, really, that that is a Super Bowl winning caliber defense. That defense was unbelievable again today. Absolutely unbelievable. incredible. Unbelievable. They're in the backfield, pressuring Brock Purdy, getting again, after the run again, blitzes were working. I mean, just, they had everything going Just today. like it seems almost every game this year. And again, the Browns lost the turnover battle again today and still won. Against a offense as good and a defense as good as the 49ers. Like, how could you look yeah. like, literally, if you had the script for how you would win this game today, like, it's not even... It's shocking that the Browns won today. It's even more shocking how they won. Yeah. Because, A, they fell right behind on the opening drive, 7 nothing, and they turned the ball over on their first offensive possession. So things were looking to be very negative right off the bat. You would have thought that if we were going to win this game, okay, maybe there would have been a strange play or so. Maybe we score on defense. Maybe we get a score on special teams. Or maybe something happens on offense. We get out to a lead, you know, and then San Francisco has to, you know, come back. Maybe that was the the way it was going to go. But no, we actually played from behind in this game and hurt ourselves with with turnovers, hurt ourselves with penalties too. We're going to talk about that as well. But the Browns gave up 17 points today. Seven of those points occurred because of an interception, which was returned inside the 10-yard line. So, I mean, come on. Which happened against the Ravens. And then on another possession, you know, same thing, interception, returned to the 26, the Browns didn't even allow a score on that possession. No, they pushed them back 10 pushed yards. Pushed them back and, and it was a missed field goal. goal. Incredible. Yeah, they've done that's a, that's the second time they've done that this year. Amazing. <clears throat> yeah, uh it's it's really incredible. I mean, outside of the first drive of the game, San Francisco did nothing on offense. Absolutely nothing. They were terrible. And I mean, not that they meant to do this, but defense played lights out. Knock yep. Christian McCaffrey out of the game. Yep. Knock Debo Samuel out of the game. Yep. Like they're just out physicaling teams. It's, yeah. Um, it's incredible to watch. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's, it's you know you run out of words to describe this defense. I mean it's 
through the first five games of the, of this season, they've given up 102 yards. That is th- that is third best in the last 50 years of the nat of the National Football League. That's five decades. Yes, That's way longer than I've been alive. Yes, thank God. Me too. Um, not some of you that are listening, but still, that's a long time. But yeah, from a yard standpoint, obviously points no, because again, they've been put in really tough situations by this offense. This offense continues to just trip over itself, just self-destructing, turning the ball over. It if we ended up winning the game, so obviously I'm not you know not going to get too upset about it. But when we were up thirteen uh, ten. We were watching that game, and I was like, I was talking to my brothers. I'm like, if we just don't screw up, we're going to win. And then P.J. Walker literally threw that interception. That yeah. was returned to the eight, and they scored on the next play. Yeah. I thought at that point it was Kurt. I didn't it see it. It was hard to believe the well, Browns would come back after Yeah, that. I mean, it's because it's because that, that touchdown put the Niners up four. I didn't think we were going to get in the end zone. Little did I know, Turns we didn't out need we, to. We didn't, but yeah. We didn't need to. Two field goals. And thank and listen, I have praised Kyle Shanahan and called him the best uh, play caller, game planner, in-game coach in the NFL right now. The reason why we didn't have to score a touchdown and we were able to score two field goals is because they got the ball with like what was it like two forty? Uh, no, like three twenty-one left. They threw the ball three straight times and then punted. Yeah, incredible. I I wrote at the time. Terrible play calling by Sam Fran on that. Oh drive. my god! I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because McCaffrey was out with the injury. He didn't feel like they could run the ball. But at least if you run the ball, you're going to run clock. The Browns didn't have three timeouts at that point. They only had two. And it's not like the passing game was working for them either. I heard the commentators say before their final drive that Brock Purdy had one yard passing in the second half. <laughs> That's un that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Un freaking believable. You know, I've got it listen, before we go any further, I've got to give Kevin Stefanski a lot of credit for getting this team riled up and ready to play. I thought the I, listen, obviously he said after the game, he's like, when I say that I, I wanted our team to fight, I did not mean uh fighting before uh the the game started <coughs> and uh so i thought when that skirmish started before the game i thought that was a bad thing for the browns because the one thing that i said i you know i was talking about the only way that i felt the browns were going to be in it was because the niners were on a, technically a short week because they played sunday night uh, they had to fly cross country for an early Sunday game. So essentially, they were playing at 10 a.m. their time uh, yep. this morning or today. So I thought it was uh, a perfect recipe for a team that is five and zero. It is feeling themselves to just come out flat and uninterested. The weather was crappy, you know. It was a perfect scenario for a team to be like, ah, we just, you know, a team to play like they just didn't want to be there. But then that skirmish happened before the game, and I'm like, oh, great. Now all you did was just wake them up and rile them up. But no, it actually, 
it had the opposite effect. It riled the Browns up because the Browns were like, listen, you ain't coming in here and just pushing us around and thinking you're just going to walk right over us. And again, I thought the way I thought because I have 30 years of watching this team of stuff to go back on and think, oh, okay, yeah, well, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, we're just going to get killed in our home building. Because how many times has it happened in the past? Lots. But not this team, not this year. This defense, I mean, you know, for as poorly as the offense played for a lot of this game and turning the ball over and all that, the defense was just not going to let this game get out of hand. So I, I, credit, I credit Stefanski for – uh, getting getting them uh, going during the week. Uh, he talked about how they had their, their best practice of the season on Friday, um, which obviously we're not privy to, so we don't know anything. We don't know that's going on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I give I give him a lot of credit. I don't really fa- – there was a lot of people on social media that were killing him for, for throwing the ball on that second down play down in the red zone. I actually don't really uh, – I didn't dislike the call. I agree. It, it was one that to try to keep the defense off balance. What I didn't like, and which Stefanski has no control over, I did not like the quarterback uh, uh, scrambling out to the right and then throwing it back towards the middle of the field across his body at the end zone when there were three defenders around. Yeah. That I did not like. Horrific decision. <laughs> I mean, at the at the lucky abs- we got away with that. At the absolute least, he should have just slid down inbounds and just made it so San Francisco. Right, he had, had a chance to get yardage there. It's just yeah, he did. You know, ultimately, San Francisco never really used that time, never used that timeout anyway that they were that they were able to keep because of the incomplete pass because they did, they didn't need it. So yeah. um, ultimately, that really doesn't matter. But I did not dislike the call. I I'm not really a proponent, especially you're down one. You're going to kick a field goal to only put you up two, which means the team can just cut the other team can just come back, kick a field goal, and win. I don't dislike uh throwing on second down. And Especially considering you only got like a yard on first down. Yeah. So it. so it, you you call a pass play and you tell your quarterback, you say, and 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 obviously PJ Walker did not listen to this. In no uncertain terms can we have a turnover here because the game's over. So if there's nothing there, just slide down. Make sure you're inbounds, just slide down. Don't throw it out of the back of the end zone because that stops the clock. If there's nothing there, run it, slide, and we go from there. That's the experience factor. You know, you don't have a veteran in there. You have a guy that, again, as you said, was just elevated off the practice squad a month ago. Yeah, but now, I don't even I, – I don't – no, he was elevated off the practice squad or, this week. Or this – excuse me. But even, – even, Less time, but I don't. But but I don't buy. I mean, PJ Walker started five games for the Carolina Panthers last year. It's not like he's never started an NFL game before. Mm. So you should know better, in your opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. He should know better. Okay. Um. Yeah, really. As far as Stefanski is concerned, the only decision I didn't like today, and this is this is saying something because he loves going for it on fourth down. I didn't like the decision not to go for it on fourth and one. Yeah. When they were up thirteen to ten, that seemed like you had a lot of momentum at that point. Yeah. It was a little bit of a for me. It's a little bit of a hindsight, not like because because in the moment I was like I could go either way. Um, the defense was playing so well that I really didn't I I didn't mind put, because I didn't mind punting it and uh, trying to give them a short field or a long field. I mean, uh, because as you pointed out, uh, in the, until very deep in the second half, Brock Purdy had thrown for one yard. Yeah. So 
I'm like, ah, you know, okay. I mean, certainly I would have gone for it if San Francisco's offense was like humming at that point and we were in like a like a upper 20s game, 30s game. If I thought 13 to 10, you know, the Browns for most of the second half had the game in control, even though it was a three-point game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Again, hindsight, yeah, probably should have gone for it. It but. almost made it seem like he was thinking the way we were going to win the game was just to make it a 13-10 final. Yeah. That, that, you know, we were just going to make it so that they couldn't score again. And and you know what? Maybe they wouldn't have scored again if it hadn't been for that bad interception. True. Yeah, you know, which is where they got the return to the eight-yard line. Very true. So, I mean, so maybe Stefanski wasn't totally off base with that call. It's just odd because he likes going for it on fourth down a lot. I was I was stunned when yeah, I he loves it. saw he's, him punt he's almost on like... fourth and one. That's like... He's almost like Brandon oh, that had Staley to be sour medicine for him to have to do. Yeah. Um, so uh, Browns moved to three and two. Um, what other takeaways did you have from the game today? Uh, aside from the outright greatness of the defense, um, just in I, general, I will say he did have the one missed kick, but Dustin Hopkins was absolute nails. On a lot of those ki- uh, on the kicks that he had uh, late in the game, just absolute nails. Four out of five. Yeah, on he field mi- goals. He missed the first one. Yeah, and then just, I mean, he was great. Um, I thought the special Made teams when he had to. I thought the special teams as a whole played pretty well. There was a decent amount of flag. I mean, there were there were a ton of flags on both teams. Yeah, the entire game. Lots of flags. The refs were just it was like loving what, twenty-five it. penalties or something like yeah. that. Like yeah. wow, we punted the ball really well. Um, special teams was excellent pretty much all day. Yeah. I'll tell you what, for as good as San Francisco's defense is, I thought our running game was really good today. Um, it, you know. it was, it did enough. It yeah. did enough to keep their defense off balance. hundred percent. Yeah. Jerome Ford had a couple nice runs. Obviously Kareem hunt, uh, had the touchdown run. Uh, so I thought we did that. Uh, we threw the ball literally the same amount of times as we ran the ball and look at that. We beat the best team in the league. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, I've only been clamoring for that for Stefanski's entire tenure, but whatever. Yeah, both teams were very balanced, actually. The, the 49ers passed it 27 times, ran it 25. Browns, 34 passes to 34 runs. Yeah, Jerome Ford, 17 carries, 84 yards. Kareem Hunt, 12 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Yep. Marquise Goodwin had a, a carry for 20 yards. You know, they, yeah, they did enough. They had 160 yards on the ground. I can't imagine any other team has come anywhere near that so yeah. far this season. Yeah. But against yeah. San Francisco, yeah. So you're seeing the Browns being able to – that might be the biggest takeaway that not many people are talking about right now, that the Browns' run game without Nick Chubb actually looked productive today against a really good defense. Yeah. No, I agree. That bodes very well going forward. Uh, Yeah. I uh, – man. Um, this was great. This was great. Again – you know, you know what's funny is, uh, uh, again, we go back to the fact that we've watched this team for three decades now, and it's just like, you just, I mean, you just knew that that field goal at the end was going in, and we were going to lose by one. You just knew it. I mean, it. Forty it was forty not yard that long field, goal. A field goal. He was right down the middle. Like I, yeah, I didn't think there was much doubt. That and, he was I was, make it. It, and I was, and I was. In my head, and I and I texted this. If we if he would have hit that field goal and we would have lost by one point, 
I I much rather would have lost that game forty to three than lose it that way. And that's not just because you bet on the game. I no I, no I that, that. Has, yeah that no that has nothing to do <laughs> with that it. you would have won the bet. <laughs> no that was that has no that's to do with it. that's always been your thing. You you hate losing the games at the last minute or by one point or you know at the buzzer compared to getting blown out. I'm the opposite. I absolutely like it's just miserable when you get blown out. It's like misery for hours. But oh, I think it's more misery. Mm-hmm. I I think it's more misery of coulda woulda shoulda. To be honest with you, for me. Mm. especially because I went into that game thinking that we were going to get smacked. So I had already prepped my mind thinking that we were just going to get blown out. Yeah, I think you are not unreasonable. I mean, and even on ESPN Cleveland, 68% of Browns fans said that we didn't have a chance to win this game today. No. And and, like, and we are an often a very Homer-ish fan base, Yeah, overly optimistic. And I'd love to know who the, the random people who decided to play plus 680 on the Browns' money line today just – they're for, bog- they're for, bogging beers right now. For, you know, shits and gigs. You know, they just decided to throw five bucks or ten bucks on that boy. That, <laughs> heck are, of a heck of a win beers. there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um So yeah, Browns three and two. I had us penciled in at two and three. Uh going into this game. Three and two. We will take it for sure. Um We caught back up to my original prediction. I had them at three and two. I, I last last game against Baltimore, I had them winning that game. Obviously, didn't know that the whole Deshaun thing was going to happen, and that game ended up being a hot mess. But uh, wow, didn't expect them to make it up this quickly uh, against this team. Yeah. So this is this is this is very very significant. You, not just the result. You imagine this. You, know, you talked about Friday, how they said that practice was so good on Friday. You imagine that, like. Maybe you feel a boost psychologically after a great day at work or whatever. Yeah. After a humongously good day at work, this, with a tangible result attached to it, a very tangible result, the psychological boost that this team is going to get from this is dramatic, particularly on the defensive side. If there was any lingering doubt about the Browns' defense being legitimate, it was shattered today. Completely shattered. Yeah. You just took... One of the best offenses and literally knocked two of their key pieces out of the game and made another one look just completely irrelevant. The Eagles lost. <laughs> so this, okay, so breaking news, the Eagles have lost to the Jets. So There are no undefeated means, teams left Yeah, no undefeated teams left. In week six. The 72 Dolphins are popping the champagne bottles. That's got to be one of the earliest times that they've done that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And don't look now. But the New York Jets minus Aaron Rodgers are now three and three. Man, I just don't even know what to say about that. Like, how how does how do the Jets beat the Eagles? Like, some of these results today, like Jets wow, have, the Jets have now won two in a row. <coughs> um, yeah. So I we'll we'll get into more of that as we go around the NFL. Um, but. Uh, that means yeah. I finished the day on picks three and two. You finished ooh, oh and five. I went over whoa today. Go from fourteen and six, which was a fantastic start. Now fourteen and eleven. Yeah, bad. So I told you I hated the board this week. Yeah, you well you you were not lying. You were not lying. Uh, I'm now sixteen and fourteen after today's action. Yeah, I um, covered the Raiders game because the Raiders got a safety in the last two minutes. Yep, that was really lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, as we look forward, you know, you talk about the psychological boost. 
And our next opponent um, got blown out by a divisional opponent uh, today. The Colts mm. got drubbed by the Jags today, and they fall to uh, th- the Colts fall to three and three. I didn't realize they were three and two going into the day. Yeah, Indianapolis have been playing pretty well um, at this point. Jacksonville has really trended up after they they somehow lost badly to Houston in Week Three. Yeah, but, but turns out Houston London was man. better than we thought. Yeah, yeah, London, and London gal- regalvanized the God saved the Jags. <laughs> so, but. Uh, yeah. Any any other big takeaway? You know, hope, obviously, hopefully, we get Deshaun back next week. Uh, we don't. We won't know probably. We won't have any idea probably until Wednesday. Um, At but, least. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was funny in the post game in the post game uh, locker room video. Kevin Stefanski, <laughs> when he was getting done with his uh, post game speech to the team, he goes, he goes, y'all want to come to work tomorrow? And it was like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> And he just kind of looked around. He's like, he was thinking about it. And then somebody yelled, Victory Monday! <laughs> and he goes, All right, Monday or Tuesday, get a lift in. I'll see you Wednesday. <laughs> Every- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that stuff. There's nothing, there's nothing better. And obviously, I was I, I was a part of it on a collegiate level working for a uh, Division One football program, uh, the BG Falcons, who got a MAC win uh, this weekend. Yes, they did. Um, Beat up on Buffalo. There is nothing better than uh, a football locker room after a victory. The amount of work that you put into that game that week, whatever game it is, when you get the payoff and you win, it's just it's incredible. The Fantastic. high, and, and I didn't even play. I was just part of it. I was in there. Right. You know. You just saw just the guys fantastic. that were around the guys in the energy in the room when they were singing "I yeah. Zig" after yeah. winning. You know, I mean, if you can get if you can get past the stink, you know. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. Um, so yeah, Browns moved to three and two. Uh, they will stay right now. Uh, wait, yeah, no, they will. Yeah, they will stay in third Remaining place. Third place. Pittsburgh was off today. They did not play, so they're yeah. still three and two. Yeah, we had a uh, we had a bad day for us as far as the divisional foes went, uh, as both the Ravens and the Bengals won. Um, we will get into that in a little bit, but uh, Browns moved to three and two. They face the Colts next week at Indianapolis. Uh, if you want a blueprint for what a new stadium should look like, uh, you're going to see it next week. Lucas Oil Stadium. Lucas is Oil Stadium is gorgeous. pristine. Yeah, very gorgeous. So, uh, but yeah, so that's gonna that's gonna do it for the uh, for the Browns uh, uh, portion. But uh, let's let's go around the NFL. Yeah. So you mentioned the AFC North. We'll just start there uh, in London, actually, as the Ravens took on the Titans in the UK to this morning, and the Ravens won that game twenty four to sixteen. So Baltimore is now four and two, and they are leading the AFC North by a half game over Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And we mentioned the Bengals as well. They they played against the Seahawks at home today, and that was a nip and tuck battle. But the Bengals came out with a seventeen to thirteen win, so that gets the Bengals back to three and three. So it's very congested uh, in the AFC North standards right now. You got the Ravens at four and two. You've got the Browns and the Steelers at three and two, and you've got the Bengals at three and three. So it is still all to play for for every team. And I looked at this actually just a little bit ago. All AFC, all the other three other AFC divisions mm-hmm. have 500 records. The North is the only one that's actually above 500 Interesting. overall by four games. So 
The NFC North right now making the case to be toughest division in football. We, we thought it was going to be like this, where it was going to be pretty much every team. You know, we the general thought was that Cincinnati was probably going to win the division, but you wouldn't have been super surprised if one of the other teams came out with it. Yeah, and that you know nobody was going to be like four and thirteen or five and twelve. Like they're you know the worst <laughs> team was probably going to be like seven and ten at the worst. So that's certainly what it's looking like right now. Yeah. If you go through the rest of the board here, we've got uh, starting in Atlanta, the Commanders uh, laid a giant egg last week on Thursday Night Football. They righted the ship a bit today. They beat the Falcons 24-16. to Commanders are a team I just can't seem to make heads or tails of. Same with Atlanta. Uh, they're just like two eh teams in the NFC. Not really sure what to make of them going forward, but uh, Commanders get that game done. The Vikings go to Chicago. They defeat the Bears 19-13. to So the Vikings, after starting 0-4, are now 2-4. and The Bears continue to be the Bears, basically. They're just Well, Justin Fields good. got Justin Fields got injured in the middle of that game. So uh Yeah, I'm not happy about that for fantasy purposes. I would I would probably accrue most of that loss to that. Um but yeah. Certainly unlucky for the Bears. I mean, that's a team that doesn't <laughs> It's hard enough for them to win even when all their guys are in there. Yeah. Yeah, they're taking injuries. It's not good. So the Dolphins, they are just, they are super impressive. They fell behind to Carolina 14 nothing early in this game, and I was like, whoa, maybe a little bit of a swerve here. Carolina, the only you know team that's been pretty listless up to this point, although Adam Thielen is having an unbelievable year fantasy for whatever reason he was like my 10th round pick and he's like my best player almost um Miami then rattled off 42 of the remaining 49 points to win this game 42 to 21 it just seems like their offense is just able to name the score week to week pretty much aside from the Buffalo game they've just been amazing yeah you know I picked them as my Super Bowl team from the AFC it's really looking like it's a possibility I mean I I mean Usually, defense does matter, but... They're the greatest show on grass, man. Boy, they they're, are they're, kicking. I mean, Tua and Tyreek Hill... They're rivaling those Rams those teams from backs, the early 2000s. Uh, it is uh, amazing to watch them right yeah. now. Yep. Glad, glad we don't have to deal with them this season, quite Two. frankly. We did last year, and they've ran us right off the field. Yeah, 39 points given up that day. That was an ugly game. Speaking of other teams in Florida looking good today, you mentioned this earlier, the Jaguars, 37-20 to over the Colts. The Jaguars have now won three in a row. They're 4-2 and two overall yeah. and are looking very good all of a sudden. Indy, yeah, the, the Jags were not a one-year mirage. I think they're here to stay. Indy was one of the perhaps surprising teams off the start going 3-2 and two in the first five games. They lose today. Uh, the Browns, of course, will see them next week. So that's another one of those like measuring stick games. You know, If you're talking about... Yeah. You know, wild cards or whatever, possibly. Yeah. These were the types of games the Browns were losing consistently the last two years. As great, as great as today feels, the game next week means so much more. It's not even funny. In, in conference game. Yes. Yeah. It's an AFC game. NFC games, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that they don't matter. Don't mean as much. Because if you lose them all, it, it's a problem. Like, for your overall record, you have to win at least a couple of them. Right. But they don't mean anything for tiebreakers. The AFC games you need are, are carry so much more importance, especially because we play in 
one of, if not the best divisions in football. So it's going it's going to be tough enough to win the division. So we have to keep, you know, the wild card in our peripheral. Right. And you have to win these games, especially because Indy, you know, it's not like Indy's one and five. You know, Indy's fighting right there with you for a wild card spot. Right. They're only a half game behind. Yeah. So Yeah, Jacksonville four and two, this would be a half game ahead of the Browns. Yes. Uh the Texans. Talk about, I mean, this was a team that almost everybody the, thought was going to be like the worst team of the league or close to it. The surprise team of the league, man. Houston is playing really well. They beat New Orleans today, 20-13. to 13. Yeah, they've got the rookie of the year at quarterback, CJ Stroud. Stroud. D'Amico Ryans is doing a great job there as the head coach. Man. Um, yeah, they are playing really, really well. Really good football. Go figure. I mean, that's, hey, shout out, Jordan. Your team is doing some good stuff right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, they are in the, the AFC South overall is like crazy. We thought it was like worst division in terrible. football, probably, no. but ah, not really. No, not so fast, my friend. Yeah, going back to Thursday briefly, the Chiefs beat the Broncos nineteen to eight. Good God, no real shock there. I, you know that was we, we knew that was going to be an ugly game. Uh, Chiefs are five and one on the season. Uh, going to the four o'clock window, I mentioned this one briefly earlier. The Raiders. They get by. They do just enough to get by the winless Patriots, winning this one twenty-one to seventeen. Oh, Patriots have one win, don't they? Do they? Yeah, pretty sure they have one win. Oh, well. In either case, Patriots are now one and five. In in either case, they're bad. Oh, Uh, they're terrible. At least they didn't get blown out this week like they were against New Orleans or Dallas. But you know, still, yeah, the Raiders. Kind of chugging along, you know, another team that's just kind of yeah, in that middle of the pack. Yeah, they're they're treading water. They're keeping you know? their they're keeping their their nose above water. That's another team I thought was going to be terrible. And, yeah, you know, I've not been a fan of Josh McDaniels. And today they scored done, twenty. They scored today's the first time all season they've scored over twenty points. They needed a safety. Yeah, to get over twenty and cover that game. And they're three and three. I was very fortunate to cover that game. <laughs> And they're three and three somehow, man. See, this is why these AFC games because there are going to be so many teams that are right around that nine eight mark yeah. for that last wild card spot. We've got to have a good these, AFC record. These teams like Indianapolis and uh, Las Vegas, those are the types. Of, and, and we play them. You know, those are the teams that you got to play. Finish all above three of those in. teams. Yeah. So those games are enormous. They will be for sure. Uh. Perhaps the team that everyone was maybe a little, I don't know, maybe just gun-shy about because of their history, but everyone thought could be good, the Detroit Lions. Man, the Lions I think are we for can real. say that they are for real. They're now 5-1. Absolutely five and for real. They pounded the Buccaneers 20-6 in Tampa today. You are going to host a home playoff game this year, I think. It's almost a guarantee, at yeah. this, you would well, think. Well, because that division stinks. No, I mean Green Bay is just kind of eh, and Minnesota. I mean, maybe Minnesota does turn it around, but Chicago is terrible. Minnesota is not doing well. Yeah, you would love to be the Lions sitting five and one and be what three games up in their division right now. Oh my right gosh! Now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Man, Campbell getting it done. Yep. The Rams, Rams beat up on the Cardinals twenty six to nine today. That yep. was a that was an easy one for. Yeah, it looks like Cooper LA. Cup is getting back to his uh, his All Pro status here, which is fantastic for my fantasy team. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna dispatch of uh, your brother here uh, uh, uh-huh. this week. So, um, yeah, I'm I already have ten more points, and he's projected. Good to, for you uh, to bounce back with. after 
you know, you scoring a bunch of points last week and not not getting anything out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, the, easy. Settle down. And the Eagles, we as we mentioned earlier in real time, they are no longer undefeated either. They lose to the Jets in the Meadowlands 20 to 14. That yeah. is a shocker as well. I, I and, don't I, listen, I don't know what to think about the Eagles. Obviously, you know, they're still good. They're 5 and 1. It's not like they lost this game and like everything's going to fall apart. They're 5 and 1. Yeah. But they have not looked good. Not particularly. I mean, they they blew out Tampa, but other than that, they've been you know win by five, win by six. Yeah. You know, it's they've not been covering a lot of games. You know, in terms of the spread. So. Right. You know, ultimately, does that matter at the end of the day? Not really. But the NFC East looks pretty capable. I mean, Dallas is decent. So is Washington. So. Yeah. Like, they're Dal- not going to be Dal- able to. They're Dal- not going to be able to just skate the whole season. Dallas is fugues. Well, yeah, pretty Please. much. But speaking of Dallas, they actually play on Monday night this week against another team that you would probably characterize as fugues, the L.A. Chargers. Oh, is that the fugues bowl? That could could that be that game. That is just strict fugazi. And it makes sense that they would play it in the most fugues stadium in all football, SoFi Stadium. I thought you liked that place. Well, it it's like futuristic fiction fantasy oh. compared to what we have here in Cleveland. And wow. It's just like you're, <laughs> like you're in a whole other century when you step yeah. in that place. Yeah. And everything's super pristine, and it's got the best, like, turf. And, you know, you get a little breeze, like, through the open hole in the, the roof of the stadium because it's not technically a dome, but that's all you get. Yeah, it's like, no, come on. Yeah. Like, that's not football. I'm sorry. <laughs> And then, of course, you got Sunday night. The this is not a good matchup on paper, but who knows? Paper is not ruling this week, folks. Yeah. The New York Giants are playing against the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park. You know what's interesting? The Bills are fifteen and a half point favorites. Jeez. You know what's interesting? I th- I saw this stat. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think this is going back a, a couple decades. Uh, but the Giants, the Giants have. I don't know how long this is going back, but the Giants have not lost to the Bills in in Orchard Park in a long time. That uh, makes sense. I mean, they they only play once only every play eight years. Once every eight years, roughly. Yeah. Uh, in the other team's stadium. Now that there's 17 games, it might possibly occur yeah. a little bit. But there was some, somebody but... somebody said there was there was some stat that said that the Giants have not. It, it, I can't remember the amount of years, but so it, since. A certain time. It had to be going back like 30 years or something. It said the Giants have never lost in the state of New York. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Oh, because they play in New Jersey. Right. So they have, They just haven't lost to Buffalo in, in Buffalo. Yeah. So I, that's going to change tonight because I, <laughs> as much as I uh, don't really like the Buffalo Bills, uh, I can't really see them losing to uh, the Giants. That's, a, that's actually something funny that you bring up, the fact that the Jets and the Giants actually play in New Jersey. The, bu- the Bills fans... They actually see themselves as like the team of the state of New York because I of mean, that. They technically are because of that, you know, distinction. They technically are. Yeah, you know, even the two teams' practice facilities are, are in uh, New Jersey. Or New Jersey also. Think, yeah. So, so, but yeah. But anyway, that is the around the league, and again, the Browns right in the thick of it in both the AFC North and the AFC as a whole. Yeah, man. man uh, the Bengal the Bengals have fought back. They're they're now three and three. Uh, they were about to lose, and then the Seattle gave up a sack on fourth and goal uh, with under a minute left. Uh, they didn't score, so they lost. Um, 
So the Bengals, you know, they did this last year when they started 0-2. They started 1-3 this year. Now they've won two in a row. They're back to 3-3. Three and three And, uh, you know, so everybody in the division is 500 or better. Yeah, everybody, not, everybody in the division is also within a game of each other. Yeah, I'm not too surprised about it. I mean, the Cincinnati looked horrible in Week One. They looked horrible when they played in Nashville too. But like, I knew they weren't that bad. Yeah, yeah, you knew they were going to come back a little bit. Like, yeah, the prevailing wisdom is that if any team was going to fall off, it was either going to be us or it was going to be the Steelers. Yeah, but those, those two teams are showing a lot more resistance than we thought. So the Steelers are cockroaches, man. You know, they just won't die. No, they. Well, I'm glad. I'm actually glad twinkies. that they beat the Ravens. Yeah, that are the Twinkies. We didn't, we didn't need the Ravens to start pulling. Well, them. yeah, I agree. But, I, 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 I'm, I'm actually glad that the Steelers win because if the Steelers did not win last week, the Ravens would be five and one right now. Yeah. So and they're and they're a team that's not winning pretty either. They're just finding a way to get it done. So. Everything is all out there. Everything is up for grabs uh, still as we're now uh, uh, closing the book on week six. Looking conference-wide, I know it's a little early to do this, but the Browns would actually be the last team in the playoffs right now, seventh. Hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo would be your other wild cards, five and six. Uh, Kansas City and Miami would be your top two seeds, and Jacksonville and Baltimore would be your third and fourth. So... Right now, as of right now, we are actually in the field. So yep, that that feels good to actually be on the inside looking out as opposed to the outside looking in. Yeah. So now we just got to stay there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like we talked about earlier, the hope is you know Deshaun comes back this week, uh, this next week, and he's able to play and he's able to be effective. You know, it's it just sucks because it's like, you know, it's been iffy with him for the start of the season and then he looks really great against the Titans and then we didn't know he got hurt in that game. You know what's funny is everybody assumed that he got hit, he got hurt when he took that hit uh running the ball, he took the hit. Yeah, right here. I know what play you're talking about. He did not get he did not get hurt there apparently. Huh. He got hurt. Do you remember that play where he got a forearm to the neck? Oh. No. There was a play where he got he threw the ball and the it wasn't even flagged. The defensive player, like, I don't know if he went to just Hit like him, like by the collarbone. I don't know if he just went to like no. He just he didn't get he didn't get injured because of the, the hit to the neck. It's when he fell, he landed on his arm. His arm was out like this. Oh, ooh. and he landed like that. He, and that is causing uh that is the root. Imagine of the issue. landing on. I would you know, assume with your arms straight out yeah. as you're falling down. Yeah, that's. I That's would assume good. that the hit he took that we all thought caused the injury probably didn't help. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, hopefully he's able to continue making progress and, you know, he's able to play uh, this week um, because that would be great. Um, that would be the ideal scenario, but the good news is now, now that you won today, Browns know, players know, defense, offense, they know they can win with P.J. Walker now. Yeah, and they'll have confidence so, too. So the the thing that's that the, matters. The thing that sucked about uh, the the Ravens game was DTR came out and he looked so lost, and it was like the team the team around him was like, oh, well, we're not going to be able to do this, and they kind of just like the laid defense down in definitely that checked out. So yeah, that's um, very apparent based on today for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, did PJ Walker play great today? No. Obviously, particularly, obviously you're going to say that he played well enough to win because they won. But, again, if that defense is playing with confidence like they are, 
we're going to be in every game. So right. the thing about the defense is, and they got one today, it's something we I think we talked about after the, after the second game of the year. They have got, listen, dominant. I'm nitpicking here. This isn't something where I'm like, oh, they're not playing well. They need to start turning these teams over more. They need to start getting more turnovers, fumbles, more interceptions, tip ball interceptions, stuff like that. I mean, we I need think- we need a defensive score, especially when I I I thought the only way we had a chance to win today is if we got one today, a defensive score, because defense or special teams, one true, or the other. yeah, a, a non-offensive touchdown. But I'm waiting for that defensive touchdown. But, it's inevitable. Um, it's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Your your lips to you know, the 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 football god's ears, but uh, but yeah. So that's that's the thing is to start turning teams over a little bit more, and uh, you know, this team will go from this team will go to an even a, another level of being dominant. It speaks so much that the Browns had eleven penalties today for over a hundred yards and one, and turned the ball over twice, setting up Sam Fran inside their thirty. Yeah. Gave Inside them a the ten once, yeah, and, and the they game. still somehow managed to win against one of the best teams in the league. Like that is just that's almost incomprehensible. Yeah, well, and, listen, and they did it. Uh, we're we're kind of looking uh, down the future a little bit, but I hope this is a situation where Jim Schwartz uh, doesn't really have much interest in being a head coach again. Because if he does, he's going to be one and done. Here he's going to be gone. Coordinator. Yeah, he will be a head the job coach. Job he is year. doing. I don't know if there's a coordinator of the year award, but like he's. He's up for it yes. right now. Oh, 100%. The Browns have the best defense in the NFL. Who would have thought that? Could you have a more night and day difference between oh. the defense coach under Schwartz this year and Joe Woods oh, last year? Oh, man. You know, I oh, get, my word. I get, you know, obviously we give the, uh, I'm giving Stefanski a lot of credit for uh, getting the team uh, ready to play today. Um, he obviously deserves it. But, you know, the job that Jim Schwartz is doing is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like you said, night and day difference. Yeah, did they make some additions on the on the D-line in free agency this year? Yeah. Was the defensive line the biggest uh, issue of the defense last year? Yeah. No. Well, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was. Defensive line was horrific last year. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, we did bust some coverages in the secondary. so it, A lot. Nobody on defense played well last year, but... Be that as it may, I will I will bring you to Exhibit A, that Atlanta Falcons game where the Falcons ran the ball 15 straight times on two consecutive touchdown drives, and we lost that game. Yeah, that was a bad day. <laughs> that was a really that was bad one day. of the few bad days Jacoby Brissett had early Sad on. Sad day, season. bad day. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So I agree with you. The team is going to have confidence uh, in PJ Walker moving forward. So you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, Deshaun is healthy. Uh, by practice time Wednesday, he's able to practice. He's able to talk to the media, and it it's amazing how this game is just going to everybody in Berea because the Deshaun Watson injury has been handled horrifically bad from from the very from start. P, from a PR standpoint, and that's just not on the team. That's Deshaun saying the entire Ravens week, oh, I'm going to play, I'm going to play. And then he warms up, and he realizes, oh, shit, I can't throw. This injury's gotten worse. And then he doesn't play. And then the Browns and then the Browns say, oh, well, we have the bye week. He'll play after the bye week. And then 
no, he's not playing after the bye week. Yeah. So it's just like the messaging has been has been botched, and this isn't the first time the Browns have done this with with injuries. Um, they didn't really botch anything with the Baker Mayfield injury, but I'll, I'll take you back to uh, what was it, twenty twenty one? I think you remember when OBJ was coming back from an ACL injury. Yes, and he was practicing in training camp, and everybody thought he was going to play Week One, and then he didn't end up playing until Week Three. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, the the Browns have a history of botching these these timetables and injuries and all this stuff. Um, so, but it's just like, you know, winning this game at least at least for twenty four forty eight hours is just going to be, you know, you're not going to have the media coming for you know the Browns down their throat about what's going on with Deshaun and this and that. The fans aren't going to be freaking out like why isn't our franchise quarterback playing when they when they said he had a he had a bruise. A contusion. Why is he out three weeks with a contusion? Which Adam Schefter's come out. Adam Schefter's come out and been way more specific about the injury, and it's more than just a contusion. It's another reason why the Browns have just mismessaged this entire thing. They're the ones that said he had a he had a a shoulder contusion. I, whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, this win does a lot to be like, okay, let's kind of reset, let's get him back, and then we're three and two. We've got, you know, three favorable games coming up. Um, tough. Some of them are tough. We have to go to Seattle, but they're certainly not, you know. That's invincible. a doable game, but yeah, that's a difficult place. It will to be go tough play. there, yeah. But you know, they kind of look poopy in Cincinnati today, so um, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you beat the 49ers today. You beat the best team in the league without your franchise quarterback, your All-Pro running back, your best offensive lineman. You know, you have a chance to beat anybody on any day. And like you said, the narrative has been turned. They're not going to be talking about the Deshaun thing. They're not going to be talking about who's not there. They're going to be singing the praises of the defense, yep. and they're going to be saying that yeah. we beat one of the best teams in the league today. Now, yeah. hopefully that doesn't lead the guys to get a little, you know, too confident. But yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is a galvanizing moment for the team. I, I think I agree. that this this there's no negative that could possibly come out of today. This, no. This was a fantastic day for the Browns. For me, top five victories since the Browns have been back in 99. So they mentioned that on the post game on ESPN Cleveland. They're like, is this the best win at home since they've come back? And uh, I will say definitively it is not. The Pittsburgh not playoff the win has to be number one. I'm talking, talking I'm, about that. Well, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about on the lakefront in that building. Oh, in Browns. Okay. It doesn't even come close to beating Atlanta in 2002 and clinching that playoff berth. Okay, that was the one run, of my top five. Run, William, run. Doesn't even come close. Yeah. Um, I would I would probably agree with you. It's probably in the top five. Um, and I had the nice throw Tom game from 2010 against the Patriots on that's my in list. There. That's in there. Uh, yeah, just because at that point in time, the Patriots were just, they, they were like, they yeah. were viewed as, as invincible. The you know. Blizzard Bowl against Buffalo in 07 yeah, that is game, on my that, list. Yeah, that game just from a memory standpoint. I mean, and we were we were there. Yeah. Um, trying to think of ones that were recent. Uh, what about what about that that frigidly cold game against the Steelers when we were like one in eleven? Two thousand nine. And we sacked Mangini. Ben Roethlisberger like eleven times and won that game like thirteen to nine. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was pretty. That, that was, was something. Fun. Uh, that's probably there. I, Baker's first game against the Jets on oh, Thursday yeah. night against the Jets. Yeah, I think that's a contender. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a contender for the top spot for me. Yeah, 
I mean, you, that was like the re rebirth of the franchise yeah. after one and thirty one. Yes, like that was a big deal. Yes, uh, the victory fridges, dilly dilly, um, dilly dilly. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any others. There's got to be some. There has to be a Ravens game in there. 2004 opener, Jeff Garcia going off. Yep, that's there. That might have uh, been the last game that we've won wearing white jerseys. <laughs> yeah, I know you mentioned that. <laughs> uh, Don't have a good I record say, wearing white at home, listen, but we got I will done say, today. Talk about the dichotomy of the white helmets because I wanted to throw them in the lake after that Steelers game. And <laughs> I, said, I said, never wear those again, ever. <laughs> And then they come out and they do this against against the Niners. So <laughs> I guess they can stick around for one more game. I think they're mm. going to wear them one more time this year. But, um, but yeah, it was interesting. They painted uh, they painted Brownie the Elf, Brownie white, the Wife white. I like and that, the, and the helmet white in the end zone. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely it's it, it it's it's right around cracking top five. Um, for me, I will end up probably putting this higher is is if this is like we're talking about is if this win is a launching pad for the rest of the season like if the browns win this game like get deshaun back and go and win like five in a row after this this win will vault even higher up the list yes i don't know over some of those other ones we mentioned i don't know if it'll ever uh pass run william run for me that was just that was another game we were there for a winner take all at the end of the season game yeah and then and then we stayed we stayed around after the game and watched the uh the 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 late game we needed the other result one of the other two results um either Miami to beat New England which they didn't or yeah. needed the Jets to beat the Packers which they did which that one we watched in I the think four we watched back window. at back at your house I think yeah. we watched that one yeah so um just yeah fantastic but okay so Browns are 3 and 2 uh they are right in the thick of it man um 3 and 2 huge game against the Colts next week we'll see if Deshaun plays uh we will be back with the show what what do you think Tuesday or Wednesday Tuesday or Wednesday yeah, so Tuesday or Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, so uh, Browns win 19-17 over the San Francisco 49ers, improved to 3-2 and two on the season. And uh, we play the Colts next week with a chance to potentially climb up the divisional standings. So Maybe even take first place, depending on what that's Baltimore right. does. So for Steven, I'm Dan. This has been the LOTL Browns postgame show, week six edition against the San Francisco 49ers, and we'll see you this week for LTL. See ya. Bye.